Welcome to Elucidate, a podcast where my brother, Greg, and my sister, Aaron, learn something new about each other. We are going to maybe learn something new. Maybe. Uh, we're going to do positive stories, yo. I don't think I have to explain why. Yeah. We're just going to exchange good times because yeah. it feels good to remember good times for reasons. Yeah. So, um, so what do you got for me? <laughs> I kind of I compiled a little bit of a list. I, I you just watched me kind of scroll through uh, my photos just to see if any memories kicked in. A few did, um, which I'm really stoked about. But I just have like a small little list. And uh, believe it or not, uh, you partook in pretty much all of them. <laughs> oh, wild. Yeah. Wild. So, I have a feeling that's gonna be kind of like, and you were there. Yeah. For you as well. Um, so on the top of the list, like when I was thinking back on my most memorable, most like happy and exciting times, it was definitely my first time going to Comic-Con with the whole group. Oh, shit. Um, that was the year of, um, Scott Pilgrim coming out. And that was like, was that your first year? I'm oh sure. shit. That was yeah. a great Comic-Con. Yeah. I, yeah, it probably was. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm fairly certain that that was my first Comic Con ever, and that Comic Con was by far that one set like a tone for like what every Comic Con should stride to be. You know, like we got dude, yeah, to see a midnight pre- uh, premiere. We met the whole cast of Scott Pilgrim. Like Scott Pilgrim was so cool that they were like just set up outside on the other side of the street. And they had their own experience. You got to screen print your own shirt. You got to get uh, garlic fries. Dude, the staff – not the staff. But um, the fact that they had the cast screen printing the free shirts sometimes. Yeah. Like I think your shirt or maybe maybe Christian's shirt. Someone – like Kieran Culkin was the one who did their shirt. It is wild. Yeah. No, I I had Michael Sarah smell my shirt. That's what happened to me. Oh, sick. Cool. Robert Schwartzman almost got me and Megan kicked out of the like meet and greet because you weren't supposed to take photos. And he was like, <laughs> they're not looking. Take one now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were very cool. And it was a very good time. Um, and I remember just like because we were still doing the hotel circle at the time and like learning like the whole layout of San Diego for the first time and what the gas lamp was. And we uh, Dick's Last Resort was still there and having that experience. Where you just have people be assholes to you. <laughs> yeah. That was the year that I think they had the giant joystick. Like, yep. uh, they ha- they were projecting Galaga mm-hmm. or Space Invaders maybe on the big brick wall that they had. And then you had like a human-sized joystick. You had to like step up on a podium to operate. Yeah. Yep. That was the year. Because I remember looking behind me and there was like Galaga on the wall for sure. That was also the year that we got into Hall H to see the the panel for yep. Scott Pilgrim and that's mm-hmm. how Megan ended up seeing it twice because they got one of the cool buttons that said you could go to the original premiere that had um oh what's the name of the band that sings the actually sings the Clash of Demon Heads songs whatever yeah. someone's shouting at it right now um <laughs> but because we had to sit in Hall H before that do you remember the panel we got to see before that the Expendables Dude, that's the dopest panel we've ever sat through accidentally, but ever. also period. It- yeah, <laughs> ever. They had every action superstar being the biggest dorks on stage uh, and then just talking about the most belligerent things that they had to do to get this movie done because they just had a 
they had to go through so many laws. <laughs> like they they couldn't shoot in America. Yeah, there was they fucking found that airplane in the jungles of Brazil, the one that you see Jason Statham come out the front, and they couldn't insure him. And he was like, "Yeah, that's fine. I'll still do this stunt." Like the things that they talked about were wild and made no sense. And we were like, "Okay, whatever. This panel's fine. It's the one before the one we want to see, so we'll sit through it." But man, we were like, as it turns out, the best shit. panel. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Willis showed up hella drunk in the middle of it. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That whole, that whole Comic Con, like top to bottom, was the most exciting and like invigorating times in my life because it was my first time going on like a, a full on outing with you and your, I say your friend group, but like our friend group, I guess. But like, you know, I was like I was fifteen. Uh, yep. It was the first time that I ever went on one of those like long getaway stays because you guys had done it one year prior to me, and apparently yep. it was kind of a clusterfuck and like not enough room. People were sleeping on the balcony and shit. And Ben, yeah. and Megan, and I slept on the balcony. Yeah. It was actually lovely. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like it was like this grandiose adventure that I heard of, and then I got to partake mm. in, and it was just as grandiose as it was like it sounded to me, and it was very cool, and so. Uh, the first Comic-Con experience is by far, like, one of the most fondest memories I have to date. Um, Dude, that was a great con. Do you remember, we had a lot of interaction with the Scott Pilgrim cast, because they were just everywhere. And I guess everywhere. at the time, like, I, I feel like Michael Sarah and Robert Schwartzman, bare minimum, were, like, popular enough, but it just seemed that they could just chill. Um, do you remember the two encounters, one with the, the cast and one with another celebrity that we had unintentionally? Um, I remember the one cast. One involves Matt, if that helps. One was involved with Matt? Yeah. No. I don't know if you were there. I may have not been there. You must have been. So you know the, the deli that we always go to to get sandwiches? It's like yeah. a couple blocks up kind of by the children's library. Yeah. So we were in that area. We were eating lunch a, like – Sitting in front of a building. Matt was dressed as Kamina from Gurnlogan yeah. that day. He was over it. He didn't want to do it anymore. So he was trying to remove the torso wrapping that that character has. But he used but the he adhesive put, crime. Yeah. He had put adhesive medical tape on his skin. And he, I think, asked Alex to hold one end while he just spun around <laughs> to, like, get it over with. Like, to literally, like, rip the bandit off. So he just, like, spun around really quick and, like really like rashed up and rawed his skin yeah the entire time this was happening there is a couple black suvs parked on the curbside the whole time okay and we didn't think anything of it because they're black suvs whatever yeah a few minutes after matt does that display the cast walks out of these suvs like (laughs) they they were in there the whole time they were like going to their next pr event because it was like in between um a couple hotels where they do a lot of that shit um (laughs) but uh yeah yeah a a good amount bare minimum ramona knives and i think kim bare minimum saw that do that wild move (laughs) oh man i remember seeing his skin afterwards it was all blistered and yeah, dude, Ooh. it was not a good move. He didn't yeah. even like baby powder that shit before to help it out. Do you remember the second one? It has nothing to do with the movie, though. Uh, no. I, was that the year that you ran into the guy and you just pointed at him and said, You! 
<laughs> no, Greg. No, Greg, it wasn't. Oh. But thank you for bringing that memory back up. That's another story for another time. I feel like we may have told that story. Yeah. Um, no, it was uh, Nick Frost because he was definitely trying to come say hi to Edgar Wright, who's like his good friend because him and Simon Pegg are always in all of his movies. Oh, okay. And Nick Frost was like walking along um, to get up to like the Scott Pilgrim experience, but he was definitely going the back way. And we're all like, you're Nick Frost. And he's just like, shut, shut your mouth. Like, <laughs> he's just like, shh. Like, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, got we'll it. be cool. Be cool. <laughs> He's like, hey, be fucking cool. Um, yeah, this it it has a fun place in my heart for sure. All right, this next one, mm. I feel like you weren't there with me. I mean, we have been together at things because of this, but it was okay. my f- first time listening to the Adventure Zone podcast in an entirety. Oh, dude. You remember the first yeah. time, just like start to mm-hmm. finish listening to that, mm-hmm. and just being so hooked. <laughs> like, as soon as I got like past the first couple episodes, it was just like, all right, just take me. <laughs> you got me. Well, you had to really convince me to give it a go because I was like, no, no, no. I already listened to like three of the podcasts of the McRoy Brothers. I don't need another one. And you were like, shut, shut your mouth and fucking listen to this one. Yeah, it was really good because like. At the time, I was working at uh, 77 Beal, which is PG&E's high-rise in San Francisco. And we okay. were doing um, like a retrofit <laughs> of their power. Like we were redoing the power for the entire building. So there was a lot of these days where we were just running endless amounts of just like pipe and wire. And I was just in um, the 41st floor, I think it is. They have like a top and a bottom okay. electrical room. And I was just up there by myself just doing all this work. And it's so loud because that's where the, all their air handler units are and their air conditioning and their everything. It's just like 50,000 motors surrounding you. And so you were allowed oh, to wear earplugs, right, or earbuds. Ah. Um, and so I was able to get some, like, noise-canceling ear uh, earbuds. And I was just like, I need something to listen to. And I just, by happenstance, got recommended that on my iTunes. And I just binged it at work, like – start to finish just totally binged it and i i listened to it i think i started like probably it had been a few months after they had or maybe a year after they started the show and i caught up to them to where now i was waiting on like a weekly basis to catch Mm, up mm -hmm. with it yeah it was like so quick same i think Um, the last two arcs i had to wait like a fucking plebe i was like this sucks (laughs) yeah it was just like it was just so enthralling. It was. I've heard a couple of um, podcasts that are like story based, and uh, once you get past like the theater aspect of it, you know, it they're pretty entertaining. Um, but a lot of them have that like very like theatrical voice acting. No, Thomas, don't go over there. It's like, <laughs> okay. yeah, which is hard for me. I'm not a big fan of like a exactly. unless it's like purposely like old timey radio, right? Um. Then I'm like, what what are we doing here? There's a couple that I listen to. Like, I'm not gonna say that I don't listen to storytelling or fictional podcasts because I do have like a handful that I do. But like, sometimes like it gets me it takes me a while to like get into it, and then sometimes in the middle of it, I'm like, ah, <laughs> this is so poorly acted. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, but just to explain real quick, for those who don't know, The Adventure Zone is a D&D podcast from the McElroy Brothers. So the McElroy Brothers do My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and each brother has their own individual podcast. And um, they also did a lot of on- online content uh, for Polygon, most notably Monster Factory. Um, but this podcast started as like a one-off kind of joke bonus episode for their main podcast, My Brother, My Brother, and Me, where these three brothers also included their dad in a D&D campaign. It was like a one-shot, pre-made Wizard of the Coast game. Um, and from that, though, they realized that they really liked it, and they continued the whole arc, and then they continued so many more arcs with the same characters, with a bunch of OCs. Griffin gets into making music. Griffin gets into... um really gets into storytelling like he gets in there yeah um and also like how to use a vocaloid like it all of a sudden just like starts to like really hit this crescendo that you weren't ready for and you become so deeply invested in these characters it's so good like even if you don't like dungeons and dragons it's not like critical role where you are literally listening to people play dungeons and dragons or like roll for this roll for that there is some of that but it's much more comedy focused yep and it's way more plot focused yeah like it's so loosely dungeons and dragons that afterwards when they were talking about doing other series they were like we barely play dungeons and dragons <laughs> so like yeah they're like yeah well let's just do whatever fits our narrative the best and they're still trying to figure that out but it's, it's a, amazing a super fucking good show um and i remember just if you haven't had the experience of first time listening to something like that um like where it's just like a really like overwhelming uh story that just like grips you and takes you i highly recommend the adventure zone you're not an avid reader huh yeah you are or aren't i i do i like reading a lot um i have to be careful with it because if it catches my attention i won't sleep i'll just read it okay so i was about to say like to me it was very akin to like i just found my first harry potter book and it was like given to me when i was 10 years old like the date is written in there from mom and i remember like every time i finished a book it was like this feeling of like what's next what's next and then when i was like old enough to i was working at a borders when the last book came out i did the midnight release in my place of work and to have grown up with it literally and then have like that end piece where you're just like it's so satisfying and like it all comes to an end and you're crying and yeah no one you expected to die or to to live like right you're just you just don't know what's going to happen and you're like oh shit we're in here now yeah like that feeling of fiction is so it, it's like that's the je- that's the dragon you're chasing all the time when, when it comes oh to yeah content. for sure and um yeah so the adventure zone big one for that um okay moving on from that um, do you want to just do all of yours or do you want to go back and forth? Oh, yeah. Let's go back and forth because I got three more. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, yeah, you cool, go. Cool, cool, cool. Um, ah! Okay. So, this one. So, some of mine are like, they're good memories, but they're like almost inti- intangible. So, I'm going to do my best to like explain them. Yeah, for sure. Um. So, one of them was the first time as a family we went back to Disneyland after a really long time. Oh. So, I think I was in high school and you were in grade school. And Dad Shirley, Lauren Thomas, you and me, we, like, piled into the, the car and we did the ride down. 
And I hadn't been to Disneyland probably since I was like, I don't know, like seven. Oh, like, shit. Whenever the, whenever the time that I had went with grandma and papa when I was like a kid kid, like still like getting autographs from characters kid, was the last time I had gone. And we were all going as a family. It's like, I think a five day trip. Um, and we arrived kind of late, but not like, but the park was still open. Right. It was like maybe like the park went until midnight. And so it probably was like 10 p.m. And they had factored in like that day being one of our days. So like, dad was like, let's just use our tickets. Let's just go into the park now. We're here. And that moment, like the next years, I think were the years that I like ended up getting annual passes. Right. Um, because there was just like this feeling of like, oh, shit this place is magic and it's like magic in a new way. Like I was, a, I was worried that like I was going to lose the childhood, like Disney magic. And it, it sure didn't. Um, yeah. And specifically, I remember us walking up to Pirates of the Caribbean. It was, you know, nighttime, New Orleans square, no line. There was no line. And we got into the boat. Like we pretty much filled the whole boat. And I remember after the first like fall and like you turn that corner and it plays that like soft music and you can hear them like dead men tell no tales yeah just quietly i just started crying like when you see all the waterfalls like lit up yo crying not gonna lie every time i get to that part of the ride i always like feel a wave of emotion for some reason like literally that part right on the first turn it's it's that first turn that i'm like you got this be cool yeah (laughs) (laughs) It's... I don't know what it is about that specific turn or why it's pirates, but it 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 is, dude. And um, the, the, I just remember like the seagull screeching. S- yes. Yeah. It's right there. Mm-hmm. The little pinchy crab and the dude who's dead. Um, <laughs> but just, like in that moment, that like feeling of like I am here for the next couple of days. I am like in the magic. Yep. I can just like go on any of these rides. It was like this. I am very much like a task oriented person. Like this, like shelter in place has been so difficult because mentally, I feel guilty if I do not feel productive. Right, and that's been like probably my whole like adolescent to adult life is like if you're not accomplishing something that you know you should be doing, like I should be cleaning my room, I should be doing the dishes, I should be scrubbing the toilet or whatever, then or like or doing more work or filling out my taxes, like anything that's like a responsibility that I could be doing. I will like, I can't feel good about relaxing. Right. And so I think in that moment that like emotional overflow in Disneyland was like, Oh, I could just like chill out for a second. Yeah. Like I'm here with my family. This is awesome. This ride is still so dope. Like, it's yeah. I think it was just like this, like, ah, I'm somewhere I love to be. <laughs> yeah, I remember being there when we were kids too. I mean, it, it was one of those. Um, it was like the the peak of escapism. Like we talked about uh, Tahoe, you know, and that kind of like, that mm-hmm. feeling of going to Tahoe. Disneyland was like that, but like with so much more, you know. Because uh, when you said like you were hoping it didn't lose its like childhood magic, do you remember like Six Flags when you were a kid? Um, like Marine World? Yeah. Yes. Remember with Six Flags as an adult? <laughs> it nasty. It nasty. Yeah. It's so nasty. That's the thing. 
No, you're right. Like, so we have Great America and we have what was formerly Marine World and is now Six Flags Magic Kingdom. Right. And when you were a kid, I, I will say that those places never had magic for me. But they were they cool. Felt, they felt very akin to like a high school traveling carnival fair. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Like, like the, the Concord High fair that happens every year. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Um, They were like one step up from that. And like I was afraid of roller coasters until I was like eleven. Is that yeah, eleven or twelve? Eighth grade is when I finally went back on one. Um, because our parents fucking put me on the scariest ones when I was not tall enough. It was terrifying. Um but, but uh they were definitely fun, but it felt like more like like you had to get shit done. Like you're like, okay, well let's go on this ride. Let's go on this ride. Like, cause all you were doing is like hunting down the rides. Right. It's, that's the only thing is there is the rides. Right. And, and Disney is not that yo. And, um, yeah. Then going back as an adult, you're like, this place needs to be sprayed down with a power hose. Like yeah. what's going on? Because like when I was a kid, like it definitely wasn't comparable to Disneyland. It's a, it's a whole different experience. But I remember like, getting up into the line for uh, like Medusa and like, it was all like, you know, cool looking and it's like scary and you're like all the anticipation Mm -hmm. of it. And then I went back as an adult or like, I guess like as a late teen, but like cognizant of my surroundings. And I'm like, yo, it's made out of styrofoam and it's falling apart. (laughs) And there's like huge chunks missing and it's like dirty and dingy and worn out and everything's like just gross. But like when you went, to Disneyland as a kid and you're like everything is really cool and like magical and nice and pretty and like polished and like it's Disney and then you go back as an adult you're like oh no it just is <laughs> like it's just yeah you're like you're on Main Street and they're like playing sounds of people like taking showers and like doing all this like it's just so intricate and so well placed and so well made and so well like put together that it's just mm-hmm. like even if you just want to sit and look at it, you're like, this is cool. It's just like a very well groomed environment. And in addition to that, there's like so much to do. And there's just like yeah, it's just a great it's funny that you brought that up because what I was going to say was uh my first time going to Halloween Disney with you. Dude. Yeah. So I had never experienced that whole <laughs> thing. Um and I remember I mean that was what last year two years maybe late Mm, three or four years ago really was it that long ago damn 2018 at least so i mean like it was fairly recent and Mm -hmm. that experience was just buck wild like walking into there and just like having it not just be disney but like a whole new disney and it's just as cool yeah um was just like amazing so i get that feeling very much it's just like you walk in you're like ah it's so cool it's rad everything's badass (laughs) yeah i mean it definitely has like a general sense of good but like that specific moment of like rekindling something i didn't even know i felt was like oh oh, this is magic i like this this is good (laughs) i feel it um the other thing I want to bring up, because you did two and I'll do two and then we can switch back, um, is also kind of like weirdly, mm, it is the experience of traveling for work. Okay. So 
Um, I've traveled for work, not in this job, but in previous jobs, a good amount of time. And it's normally for like training, like a specific training or for um, like weird, big, all corporation meetings. Um, But I used to be on this thing where we would talk with our vendors about what our customers were like the feedback about their product and how we think it can be presented in our stores and um, how the, the customers interacted with their product. And I was on it for two years and I would travel throughout the United States and it would always be like weird. It was like Seattle for Microsoft, um, Minnesota for Best Buy, um, Florida, where Austin in Austin for oh, AMD. Okay. Um, so like, and I, you would be there for like a week. Oh shit! And <laughs> you would stay there in your hotel room. They would give you a hotel room for the week. You'd get like a certain amount of money to go eat every day. Um, but you'd be in meetings all day long, and then you'd have like free time at night. And because we were like a council of people who were chosen throughout all of the different stores throughout the whole country. We ended up just, like, obviously, we only knew each other, so we'd go out. And so it was, like, this weird, like, kindred, like, we are all totally different, but we have something in common. Right. And, uh, like, getting to explore these towns that were, like, not necessarily, like, wow, so exotic and exciting, but different. <laughs> yeah. And, like... With, with, like, AMD, we were there when South by Southwest was going on, and they oh, gave us these, like, wrist bracelets that, like, we could get free drinks at these two specific bars. What? And then there was, like, buses that would pick us up until, I think, 2 a.m. So, like, we just, like, walked around and, like, drank and, like, listened to music that was everywhere because South by Southwest, like, kind of the whole town gets taken over by, like, even little, like, tiny independent shows or street shows. Right. So, we just, like, we're listening to a bunch of music and walking around and we, like, eating good barbecue and then... Um, in Seattle, we got to like go to a, uh, are they the Mariners? Is that, that, that the Seattle is? I'm going to say yes. Great. <laughs> it was them versus the Yankees. And we got to go to like the Microsoft box. Like, so we like had like a fancy dinner and like sat in the Microsoft box at the stadium. <laughs> That's so sick. So it's like this weird, um, oh, in Florida, they shut down Harry Potter land for us, like at night. Like it was just us. I forgot about that. That was, I was so jealous. I just saw the. That videos. was my first Harry Potter land experience in Orlando. Was like uh, me and at that time that was a bigger meeting. That was like a regional meeting. So like me and like mm, two hundred people. Like, like oh, but yeah. still for a whole park. That's nothing. So it's like this very strange, like honest waste of money, but <laughs> but. It was such a weird experience to just, like, have to fly out on my own and, like, at first hang out with strangers, but then slowly they just kind of became my weird work travel buddies. Yeah. That's so cool, though. I never thought yeah, about and we that. Would, yeah. And, like, we just, like, find shitty bars and, like, drink cheap beer and, <laughs> like, I'd watch the guys fail at hitting on people. It was so good. Like, like <laughs> it was really good. Um but yeah, like the the experience of like staying in a hotel for work and just being away for work, I don't think it would be something I'd want to be like my profession where like I had to keep traveling to be in meetings with everyone. Right. Like that sounds like a lot. But this like knowing that at least three to four times a year I'm gonna have to go on these weird trips and see my like weird council buddies was 
an interesting experience that I'm really glad I got to have. And I don't think it's something that a lot of people get to experience specifically in like in a retail environment. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think there's an aspect to that, that I like personally in my job and it's like the change of scenery. Like you're still working and you're still putting the time in, but like the change of pace and the change of scenery is sometimes just so needed and I, I mean, mm-hmm. with an additional like new friend group and also all the experiences too, I can just imagine that being like the perfect way to kind of break up the chunks of your work year. Yeah, yeah, that sounds fucking so cool. I didn't, think, I never thought about it because I knew that you used to go to those trips, right? Like even when I worked at Best yeah. Buy, you were doing those trips, and it yes. was like either like leadership or whatever. You would just like be out doing mm-hmm. shit all the time. I never really thought yeah. about what that looked like, you know, or like what that felt mm-hmm. like. That's so cool. Well, I'm glad it's fun. <laughs> you know? It, yeah, it was fun. I mean, it'd be like such exhausting days because you're just like giving tons of feedback and like reviewing all this product and you're like, okay. <laughs> but then the the end of the day made it totally worth it. That sounds rad as fuck. Um, okay. That's pretty good. So my next one, Uh. well, I guess – my next one could be – the two could be one. But uh, it was going to be the Wild Bee shows that me and you go to or went to because they don't tour anymore. But uh, going to go see the Wild Bees. Uh, Dude, yeah. Both, both times were fucking really cool because it felt very shotgun in nature. You were like, yo, I've got tickets to this band. Um I think you might have heard me play it in the car a couple of times. Would you like to go with yeah. me? They don't come to the America that often. And then just yeah, I had seen them once before that at a really small club, and like thought I was never gonna see them again. Yeah, and then the theater that we showed up into, and it was like, dude, uh, oh, okay, this is an unpleasant part, but feel free to talk about that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the theater that they were in was pretty empty. I guess it was like it was fully empty my dude <laughs> it was pretty fucking empty that that sucks for them but there was a everyone that was there really liked their music and so everyone was at the front yeah. of the stage it wasn't one of those things where it was like there was 25 people there and then they all were like half of them cared and half of them didn't like everyone cared no, everyone who was there cared a lot yeah and so that was cool to be in but, like, because it was such a small crowd and, like, such mm-hmm. a talented group. Huge, weird, vast theater. Like, yeah. the theater had, like, a big, strange open area in front of it. And then a bunch of seats, like like a movie theater. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so we were all standing in the area in front of the stage. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there was not that many of us. <laughs> no, there wasn't. But it was kind of cool because it was almost – it felt like almost like a private show because – the Wild it Beasts was. are very talented. Like stupid talented. They are a musician's musician. Like they are just like, "Oh hey, oh yeah, you want to hand me the guitar? Yeah, you can take the piano. Oh, you want the cello? All right, cool. I'll take the violin." It's like <laughs> they just swap yeah. instruments nonstop and they're just so talented. Um cuz they play like stadium shows in the UK. And so they're just yes. like a well-performed, well-traveled band. And it was just really rad to have that experience of like, or it's like almost like a private showing. If you block out the idea that it's kind of shitty that this huge band yes. was playing to 25 people yeah. in a theater in America. 
in Santa Cruz, I think, is where we were. Yeah. Or like Capitola. It like made no sense. Um, but the second showing of them too, I think, which was in the city, right? It was. Yeah, and that was also very fun. Better crowd, mm-hmm. a better venue for the crowd too. Yes. Um, yes. But the Independent yeah. is where that one was at. That was a super rad show too, and I just remember like a Wild Beast concert forever in my head will be like a me and you thing, and like. Dude, yeah, and they don't tour anymore. They disbanded. Yep. We saw them on their final hurrah, and yeah, dude, it was me and you. It was super rad, and I was glad to I was glad to be there, and I was glad to be there, like experiencing that with you. And I think that um, concerts in general make me think of you and bring a certain sense of nostalgia to me, and like fun and excitement because my first concert ever was yeah. Nine Inch Nails. Uh, the I think it was yep. the With Teeth tour. Um, I think so too. I still have the ticket framed. Um, I'm finding a place for that on my desk. <laughs> And you gave that to me and it was like, I held on to that. And every concert I've ever been to since has had to live up to that standard because it was such a buck wild show. Um, Who's that person who sings the uh, Peaches? Peaches. Peaches opened, dude. And I remember your face when she came down into the audience and you were like, not like this. Who is she? I don't want this. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Yeah, because you were you were a teenager again. Probably still 15. Younger. younger i think i was like 14 14 nice. or 13 and i had this woman in the in the middle of the audience being like sucking on my titty <laughs> mm-hmm. so you're like uh what <laughs> but i mean nine inch nails always puts on such a crazy show and it's like so visually Dude. um it's visually satisfying you know, and yeah, their music, uh, it's one thing to listen to in person. Like I don't have a good enough like surround sound or speaker system to like really get the effect of their music. But when they're in a live mm. venue and you get to hear like all mm-hmm. of those, like the heavy bass tones and the grinding and the mechanical aspects because it's very industrial yeah. and like it's, it's super industrial. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole new experience. And like it set the tone for like, what a concert should be in my mind. And that was even at the shoreline. Like we were forced yeah, to be in Which is seats. like a like a outdoor venue, so it's like not the best. It's not the best. There's no place to walk around. Like the only place that you could have like a pit, quote unquote, would be in the far, far back in the grass. And at that point, like you don't really see what's happening on stage. Um so like it's very limiting as like a concert venue, but even with mm-hmm. that in the way, it was such a awesome show and like in my mind, it's like every time I go to a concert now, I'm just like, it has to meet a standard. And dude, like, I've seen Nine Inch Nails ten times, and <laughs> it. <laughs> I wonder if I like that band. Um, and it never is like a disappointment. Like the last one was definitely like, oh, Trent, you older now, and why are you? What's with the jacket plus uh, saxophone? What's that? Put that away. <laughs> that was so good though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's an experience that's different. But, like, um, I remember one year, it was, like, my birthday, and I had a, an extra ticket because, like, I just bought two tickets. And um, I asked Megan if they wanted to go. And, like, Megan, Ma- like, you know, they knew Nine Inch Nails. Like, anyone who listens to the radio knows Nine Inch Nails. But they right. were like, yeah, I'll go. Like, concert, why not? Um, and, like, even to this day, they're like, 
that was a very good show. Like, you're never ready for what, like, there was so, the screens and yep. the xylophone, what, like, <laughs> the projections, the, the layers, there was a lot going on. It's, like, a really good concert. So, like, even if you're not, like, super fan, it's, it's, um, much like Wild Beasts where they're just, like, talented, so it's fun to watch. Oh, yeah, no, exactly. It's super fun to watch. Trent's super, uh, talented as well, um. Another like mm-hmm. musician's musician. He's always just swapping out th- whatever he's doing on stage. It's just like it's cool to watch someone in their element, like do their art and do it so well and in so many ways in front of you. And you're just like, ah, what's happening? Okay, what? <laughs> Excuse me, what's what? David Bowie cover? Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very good. Um, yeah, and I remember like when. Sometimes I think about the amount that of concerts that I've gone to, and I'm like, damn, uh, <laughs> because there was like there was some time where I would go like bare minimum once a week to a show. I was like blowing every paycheck on on live shows, and I mean, in the retrospect now, I'm like, yeah, I can say I've seen these people, and like no one else is gonna be able to say that. Like, I saw Daft Punk. That's not an easy thing for someone to say. No, um, I really wish I have though. who knows i mean that tour made no sense i don't know why they were there then why did the rapture open for daft punk (laughs) it doesn't make sense who fucking knows but i did see it and it was dope but (laughs) 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 But, um but i think about the fact that like in the moment it made sense for me right because if you were like 14 then i was uh 21 is that right? Yeah. Twenty no twenty? Twenty twenty one. Depends on the time of the year. Yeah. Um and uh like to be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna bring Greg to this concert, like for sure. But when I think about like my first concert, it is like such like a pivotal point. Like, oh, I like live music now. This is a like weird experience now. Yeah. Um so I, I don't think I ever registered that moment of it being like, oh, I did do that for you. Yeah, and like, it was sick. And I'm so glad that was the one. Hell yeah. The only thing prior to that that I had that was even relatively close would have been like Blue Man Group. But that's so Blue much Man Group, more. Because my fucking loves the Blue Man Group. Yeah, but that's so much more like theater than yes. it is a, like yeah. a live show. Um, yeah, I would say that that's more adjacent to Stomp than it is like. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's it's definitely a different experience. However, if you haven't seen the Blue Man Group, also recommend it if you're into percussion. Yeah, it's very fun. For sure. <laughs> okay, yeah. so yeah, that was that was my my last two combined. Uh, those are by far like my top. I guess it would be four. Uh, like when I think of what makes me happy, and like when I look back at my past, like the things that are like make my heart feel warm are those moments. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um. Okay, my turn. I I like this framing that we've essentially just uh, decided that if, you know, in like the Peter Pan verse, if we had to have some happy thoughts, what's making what's making us fly? Yeah. Um <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> with with the teeth the <laughs> and I just start floating. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, buddy. Oh boy howdy. Um cool uh i like obviously like i want to like default to be like camp camp makes me really happy but i think we all know that so i um i don't want to not address it right camp does it y'all uh, <laughs> but... it there 
Um, okay, more, okay, more on, like, this, like, weird, like, theoretical, like, not necessarily a specific moment, but, um, an instance, um, also involving you. So, when our parents got divorced, dad moved in with grandma, and we lived there with him every other week, Mm -hmm. um, for a few years. And previous to that, we had lots of sleepovers at grandma's. Like, it didn't feel weird because she was, like, in the neighborhood. Um, And there was bunk beds in the room. And uh, you were on the top bunk and I was on the bottom bunk. And uh, grandma had, like, certain, like, like, procedures, I guess, right, for, like, saying goodnight. Like yeah. we've we've talked about the monster eaters. We've talked about this like sewed little cute thing that we have that uh keeps the monsters out of your room. Um but she would also and I think I've also mentioned that she would like spray. So like she had lavender spray that she would say was like repellent. So she would like spray it throughout the room. And then there was a karaoke machine that dad had bought me. That was up on top of the bookshelf. It was just like a um, dual tape deck with a huge speaker attached to the bottom. And then you would attach the mic to the side. Do you remember the karaoke machine? Yes, I do remember the karaoke machine. I could never <laughs> figure out how to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> it had a lot of buttons. I cannot fault you for that. Um, but she would always put on these cassette tapes from Disney that were always paired with a book. Um, But uh, they were always like red and it would always be like the tale of a movie. So there was like, we had um, a Fox and a Hound one, a Pinocchio one. There's a Winnie the Pooh one. um, And an Alice in Wonderland one. And you would have to flip it if it like got to that side. Right. And, uh, we would she would like turn the lights off and like let that play and that would like kind of lull us to sleep. But there were times where like either I would get up out of bed and flip the tape, or you would reach over the side of the bunk bed because you could reach it and like eject it and <laughs> and flip it. <laughs> and like just like those like little moments of like it's like a very like specific intimate moment of like every day we listen to a Disney tape and without speaking one of us is gonna flip that thing and and listen to the rest of this story even if we've heard it a hundred times and like i can like feel those um they're now in tahoe but they're like the flannel soft flannel comforters the red and green ones yeah yeah so they're like plaid red and green flannel comforters and we would have those on the bed i can like feel the um not great feeling of the futon like you can feel like the bars kind of through it you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, and like see the room smell the room like whenever I think of those those memories it's like very calming and very specific but it's uh it's like a very fond memory to have yeah yeah, it just you just made me re- remember that aspect of it. Like I've had such a hard time remembering that part of my childhood. Like I remember being on the yeah. top bunk. I remember 
being able to look at the closet and when it was cracked open, I was like, there's definitely a monster in there. And <laughs> it was a walk-in closet. So there was a lot of space in there. I don't blame you for being spooked by it. Yeah. Um, I remember waking up on the weekends and knowing that we could just run down and jump into the pool mm-hmm. and like just first thing, get up, put some pants on, test the water. If it's warm enough, jump right in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I had so many ear infections because I would just never leave the pool. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Same. Yeah. It was both great and terrible because we were idiot children. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, that that like kind of, like, ritual slash very, like, child-specific memory is, is very positive and good for me. Yeah. Yeah, you just made me remember a very happy part of my life too <laughs> good it's good. very cool that's what i want yo um okay and then a last a last positive memory um so you and i both went to the same schools one of them was k through eighth the other one was high school but still pretty much everyone from k through eighth went to those high schools so like yeah. i've known people since i was four years old right and they uh are still people that I can like reach out to if I needed to. And, and sometimes like, and I'm still in contact with a good number of them. Um, but a few years ago we had a, um, I feel like this is me like kind of giving a story away that I could have used. Whatever. Here we go. All right. <laughs> um, so, uh, we, Two, two of the girls that were in my class arranged like a reunion. It was like a, but it wasn't like a high school reunion. It was like a grade school reunion because it was like, hey, we've been out of high school for a few years, but we've been way out of our grade school for a while. Yeah. And um, we ended up meeting at a bar and like catching up. And then it dwindled down to just like a few of us, kind of like the group that like always kind of hung out and associated with each other. Anyways, it was like me, Dan, Patrick, I think Diane. Uh, and then Greg, I don't know if you ever met Greg Rodriguez, but, um, uh, I think that was it. I think that was like where we got down to, it was like, it's us. I think, uh, maybe Maddie and Katie were also there for a little bit longer. Oh, and maybe Andrew, but it was like literally the people that I expected to be there and the, we were done with the bar and we made the choice that we were going to go break into the school. Okay. <laughs> so we did. Um, at first we were going to hop over the fence over by where the um, the gate is to like the main parking lot, like where people would go into the line to drop kids off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, like over by the teacher's lounge. Yep. We were going to hop that. And I was like, there's no way in fuck that one of these gates is not open. The priests and the nuns live here. Like they have to walk through things. And so we found one of the breezeways was open. The other option was Dan's mom is a teacher there. So we were maybe going to go steal her keys. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't. Um, so we had... I think we had picked up beer somewhere. I mean, we did because we had it. I don't know if someone already had it, but and we were like in nice, like like in dresses and like business casual. Like we were dressed nice because we were like doing like a like a cute little reunion beforehand, right? And so we're like dressed sort of nice, and we go to the kindergarten playground and we just drink and like go down the slides and stuff <laughs> and uh, like catch up on life. And then we ended up, I think, at either Dan or Patrick's house. Cause they lived close to the school and like just hung out for part of the evening. But it was like funny to me that like the groups that 
were always kind of the ones that drifted together anyways. Um, like whether it be just because same humor style or just whatever, whatever. Yeah. our parents got along. So therefore we got a- along enough. Um, like we're still like, if, if someone was to come out and catch us, they'd be like a fucking course. It's you guys, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, like they'd be like, I'm not going to call your mom, Dan. Like, but what are you, you're an adult. You're like 25. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing like, here? <laughs> yeah, like that memory to me is really like fond because it just like reminded me of like how weird it is that I have these relationships and that I grew up where I, like our, our dad and our aunt and uncle also went to like a Catholic school where they also had their friends from the like kindergarten on. Right. So like it, it, to me is that like shared experience of like all the stories that I would hear at like Christmas and Easter and everything. Of, like, their, like, rowdy, rough, rough and tumble little, like, group of friends that they still, like, are in contact with or, like, would see each other at the holidays. It felt like that. I was like, oh, this is, these are the memories of, like, oh, you know, remember that one time when we broke in and went to the kindergarten playground and, like, (laughs) like, that's, that's, it's, like, such, like, a stereotypical hometown-y kind of, like, story like it's very much like if you saw it in a movie you'd be like no one does that um turns out they do yo yeah you can be a little bit drunk and in walking distance of your old school yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was big hollywood all along just putting that seed (laughs) they're like they're like we need to see how they interact we need to see what goes on um i think if i remember correctly dan definitely got a text from his mom and was like were y'all at the school because there's just empty beer cans? And we're like, no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you guys didn't even pick up the beer cans. I guess not. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, I guess not, which is a shit move. I, I'm sorry for that part. I feel like I definitely threw away my trash if I had to. Yeah. Because you have to walk by the big-ass recycling there's a huge to dumpster get out of the school. Right there, yeah. There's a huge dumpster. There's no way in fact that I wasn't like, hyper aware of the fact that I was breaking rules and was like, I got to at least do something that's good. Uh, yeah. I'm <laughs> so paranoid. <laughs> uh, but that memory of like the camaraderie that like lasted years and it's like, we don't have to be in contact all the time, but I know that we would still like fall into like good conversation and would probably once again, get drunk and go break into the kindergarten playground. Like that is like an interesting feeling. And, uh, I am grateful to have that experience. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I haven't I haven't done that yet, but I still got some time. You still got some time. <laughs> I can go too. break it. Into- I should probably bleep out the name of the school. Yeah, I will. We both, we both just said it. <laughs> I like, tried so hard that whole time to not say it, and then I just said it. <laughs> okay, hold it. up. One second, just gotta make a quick note of that, and uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so, do you have anything to share? Um, I'm trying to think. Like, I feel like because I've, everyone's watching the same thing. Like, we just started Tiger King. It's fucking wild. If you haven't watched that yet, do that. I haven't. Um. It's wild. Um, what have I been up to that's new and different that I can share with you? Because, like, I'm not out in the world, so I don't really know. 
I only, I mean, specific. if you want to talk about Tiger King, I haven't really heard about it. Uh, so having a little bit of a description to that would be kind of cool. Um, cause I only, all right, have, I'll tell you about Tiger King. I have a little bit of a show too. And I think okay. it's pretty much all we got going on. So <laughs> great. Yeah. All we do is consume media right now. Um, Tiger King is a documentary about Joe exotic and this lady named Carol and this other guy named Doc Antler and sort of these other two dudes who all own big cat sanctuaries in you guessed it, Southern states. And the um, there's a podcast that I listened to about them before this, and it really did not encompass the level of wild that this is. Um, but it is essentially a um, murder-for-hire true crime documentary, Greg, about a gay polyamorous man who owns a big cat sanctuary and his arch nemesis who also owns a big cat sanctuary is his arch nemesis carol yes okay because i've seen memes where it's just <laughs> yes i'm just like a really hick looking dude this blonde it's just like god damn it carol and just a bunch of that's other shit. um that's probably on his public access television show that he does every day at 6 p.m on the internet um yeah greg also potentially um <laughs> Potentially, <laughs> um, yeah. Greg's face is confused as it should be. Um, <laughs> what are these words you were saying, Greg? Right now, you're confused. About 15 minutes in, Morgan and I were like, "This is too much input. This is too much information. So much happens." All the time. Like, someone, like, I don't want to spoil anything for you, Greg, because you really just got to get into it. Um, But, like, just know that it involves, like, a lot of polyamory. One dude who studied at an ashram from, like, teenage up and is definitely, like, a cult leader but doesn't want to talk about it and has, like, a harem that he doesn't want to talk about. Okay. Um, (laughs) the, The other dude who, like, I think convinced a straight dude that he was gay but he seems happy so i don't really know it's fine uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh a drug cartel dude um, what is happening greg so much fucking happens in this show and we are only on i think the second or third episode and i'm already like i need like a flow chart of everything that's gone on is this um, a i would just say a real life documentary real life greg real human real thing that happened this so that's what keeps getting because i keep hearing people quote the show about belligerent shit and i'm like oh so it's a comedy and i'm like oh it's a horror it's a it's just a documentary yeah that's so buck wild um do me a favor please at least just start it tonight because i just need your reaction okay i will I will, Sick. and I'll, I'll record it. You said the first 15 minutes, you said? Yes. Uh, all right. I'm on it. Perfect. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. I can't wait for that genuine reaction. I'm so excited for that, honestly. That's my favorite thing. It's just to see someone be like, oh, my God, when they experience something wild for the first time. What do you have for me? <laughs> okay, so mine isn't as wild, um, but <laughs> it was very entertaining. Um, I was watching... Uh, like whatever YouTube recommended to me and I got into a cycle of what I guess 
is what Smosh has turned into. Do you remember Smosh, the channel? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Smosh is totally different now. Have you seen any of their stuff lately? From like One of the dudes is dating Glam and Gore, right? Um, That is the... Yeah, that's the guy who left the Smosh team. Oh, Anthony left. Anthony Anthony dipped out prior to like the whole them getting bought out. That, the new new. Yeah. So they got uh, No, I haven't watched any new Smosh content. Okay. So they have a new cast and the cast is like a bunch of like definitely theater kids. <laughs> like, Hell yeah. For sure theater kids who are all taking way too many improv classes. Um <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> all right but they have a thing where it's like a try not to laugh and like i would say the first 15 episodes are kind of like them trying to get their footing about what the show is but after that there's like a um a decent amount of like pretty funny like prop comedy and like improv uh and the idea is like one guy sits in a stool from the team and then they go out there and they have like a whole little like thing of like set pieces and props and then they have to go out there and on a whim just try to make them laugh with whatever the oh, fuck no. they just came up with okay and whatever they have on the hand and there's a lot of flops and there's a lot of really good funny ass shit that happens but nice. uh i i loved watching it and then they get like fellow youtubers to go on to the show uh like jack's films went on to the show and just like a bunch of random guests uh critical role was on the show so they had like nice. Matt Mercer in them, Matt uh, yeah, and it's just like a really f- like turn off your mind, just listen to people, just like give it their best to try to be funny, and like see what succeeds, see what doesn't su- succeed. It's things that you don't think that would succeed succeed, making someone laugh just because of like someone else's perspective. It's it's like a fun show to just like watch, and they're like thirteen minutes per episode, I think, and uh, yeah, it's just like a. A fun little, like, watch people try to do dumb shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a dumb shit distraction is definitely something that I'm um, on board for in these these times. Hell yeah. All right. Do you have a question for me? Um, yes. So uh, I'm going to steal. This is essentially a question that got asked in um, the Circle K uh, from Brittany. What's, <laughs> what's, been your, what's been your quarantine snack, yo? Oh, dude, fuck me up. Uh, circus animal cookies, the frosted kind with the... I forgot those things existed until right now, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> How I didn't... dare you rem- remind me that that is an option that mm-hmm. I have as a an adult to buy myself. <laughs> so, That's not good. So recently, uh, we have been talking to uh, Ray and like Ray's friends mm-hmm. from his like gaming Discord. And one of his friends mm. in particular is like one of his closer friends I would say and he's kind of like joined over into like our more personal discords that we have like between Ray yeah. and Chandler and all them um and Chandler did a thing where she got us all together to play like Jackbox games for a night yeah. just like to yeah, be socializing um and so that was really cool and uh we got on the topic of talking about snack foods that uh Ray's <laughs> friend doesn't have cuz he lives in Canada oh right so they don't have uh, a bunch of the weird Oreos that we have, like the birthday cake Oreos and like the weird like They're flavored not Oreos. Anything. They're not missing much, but they don't have like the double stacked Oreos either. Um, they you don't are ha- missing that. They don't have uh the nacho Fritos, or no the chili ch- uh chili 
cheese. I was like, I don't know where nacho Frito is, but the chili Fritos are the only Fritos that matter. Yeah, no, they don't have chili Fritos. Um, it's like that noise. <laughs> they didn't have uh, brown sugar and cinnamon Pop-Tarts. Uh, they didn't. Ew, what? They, what? they didn't have uh, circus animal cookies, and so we found out the list of snacks that he didn't have, and we made like a little care package and we sent it off. <laughs> and while oh, we were yeah, buying dude. those snacks, one of them was like the circus animal cookies, and I grabbed and a bag like, myself. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> yeah, I was like one for him, one for me. <laughs> and yeah, I had them here, and I didn't think that they were like my go-to snack until I killed the whole bag in like two days, and then Rachel looked at me. She's like. I didn't even get one. And I was like, oh, shit. You're like, snoozy loose. Yeah. <laughs> but that's for sure my snack of choice. Hell yeah, dude. How about you? What's you been snacking on? Um, They're these uh, jalapeno cheddar boulder creek uh, like kettle cooked chips are definitely a staple. But... Um, Grilled cheese and recently grilled cheese with pickles in it. Oh, I've haven't you I've never fucking tried that. I hadn't either. My friend Val put it on Instagram and I was like, I'm sorry. What? I I definitely want that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I fucking love pickles. Uh it's great. It's perfect. That's all I have to say. And um that's been my go to snack. Oh man, that sounds awesome. I'm gonna probably try to whip one of those up right after this shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh highly recommend dude it's so good um my question is gonna kind of yeah. piggyback off of the show that you just fucking told me to watch if you could own okay. an exotic animal Ugh. <laughs> which one would you choose there's a lot of legal ethical moral reasons why i'm not gonna choose any of them uh in reality but mm. if it was like a hypothetical, you own tons of acreage, and this is now your animal familiar that you just have to deal with. Yep. Um, is an exotic animal like what is what defines an exotic animal? Like something that you, you shouldn't own, like normally isn't owned. I feel like if you have to go to a black market to get your hands on it, you know, then it's exotic. <laughs> Like is the is like homie who owns the camel and the zebra up in the hills by your house is that an exotic animal? Uh, you know that's on the verge of it. It's very hard to get. It's getting close. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Hello. So I just googled exotic animals, and my first thought, honestly, earlier was a capybara. I was like, does that count? It's just a big rodent. It's the first one on the list. Um, and I was like, okay, it counts. Um, probably a capybara because it's just like a like a gopher dog. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, it's manageable. It's cute. Yeah, yeah. But then also a fox of some sort. Yeah, a fox would be dope. Like a like a fennec fox with his big old dumb ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would want something that, like, I can still kind of interact with on, like, a pet level. Like, I, like, I don't want, like, an elephant or anything like that. Like, I would want something that's, like, okay, I don't know how you got here, but I can here. take care of you like a normal animal. Like, yeah. I can provide you with food and water and groom you and make sure you have space. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, think that would be my move. I was thinking, like, a panda. 
Because I just love how yeah, dude. How dorky just chilling. They They're just like yeah. I'm a panda. Hey, what's up? I'm a roll. Yeah, <laughs> I'm too tired to even mate. What's up? <laughs> panda or a sloth? Sloth would be yeah. cool. Do you do you know what a slow loris is? Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> you just curse Hold on. <laughs> You're a slow loris. Um. Yeah. Here. There. Here you go. Boop. Clicking. What? Oh, yeah. I've seen these boys. Oh, I yeah, would love sad, to have. Yeah, sad boys. I would love to have one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you They're good. Imagine one of those just hanging out on your cor- like your <laughs> your shoulder, just like. Like hey. Hey. This is my very sad, climby man. <laughs> this is my. <laughs> I wanted a very sad, climby boy. <coughs> oh man huh. yeah okay so th- add that to the list I would love to have one of those guys just chilling <laughs> perfect Um. so what did you learn about me oh um, I learned one that we've made a lot of really good memories together and it feels good to be like a huge chunk of our positive memories involved us in proximity or directly. Right. Um, yeah. Just just good good vibes. I also like that like a lot of our memories were like experience based. You know? It's yeah. not like, oh, the the time that like I achieved this thing or was given this thing. Yeah. We were very much like remember that distinct feeling of <laughs> or like <laughs> remember when we like had a shared experience and like had to like take an input from not just ourselves but like a crowd or a musician or a park yeah and and, like just kind of be in it and i think that that's like an interesting like trait that we both have of like really valuing um uh time and the moment Above most things. Yeah. Yeah, I, I vibe with that for sure. Um, I learned... What'd you learn about me? Yeah. I learned that you, uh, you were able to pinpoint, like, exact aspects of those feelings. Like, you're, if you're saying, like, we both... Uh, are very like experience based in our like our memories or in what we find to be fun and good. Your like ability to paint the picture in my mind it always astounds me about like how many times you trigger memories in my head. Like I had totally forgot about the cassette tapes, like top to bottom. Like I have a I have such a hard time like remembering that part of our lives. Like and then when you talked about like how the blankets felt and like how the room was and where it was positioned and like who did what and how it was like done without anyone saying anything. Like the, the details of which that you have uh, like your recollection always astounds me because it's so it's spot on. Like every time that you were talking about it, I was like, that's true. This is true. These are true. (laughs) (laughs) It's not made up by a writer. Yeah. (laughs) We got you. 
<laughs> but yeah, it was, it was it was really cool to hear you talk about just like the trip to Disneyland and like walking into the park and that feeling and then talk about like grandma's room and then like how that felt because it it rung so true to my heart about like yeah, that's exactly how that felt. That was exactly what that was. It was um yeah, it was just kind of it was like a weird nostalgia trip. It was very cool. I got to, it was it was cool to like just know that you have those details so ingrained in you. <laughs> yeah, dude. I I I wish I could like transfer how my memory works to other people cuz it I feel like it would be wild for someone who like maybe doesn't have the same like sense and photo memory to like all of a sudden just like get them and be like, "Oh, I'm in it." Okay. Yeah, I cuz I definitely don't. It's like a <laughs> it's like a struggle. It's like I get like vibes and like essences you know and like general essence of memory yeah (laughs) and uh yeah it's just it's always just so cool to hear you talk about like your memories and the details of them oh thanks dude awesome well all right uh we we hope you guys got to uh, enjoy us talk about our happy thoughts and hopefully it made you guys think of some of your own um, I'd like to say thank you to High Sun for our intro and outro music, Ramen Waitress, and also thank you to Dina for our cover art. You can find her artwork at Happy Dina Store. Uh, you can find all of our show information and past episodes at elucidated.show. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at Elucidated Podcast. Yep. I don't think I ever talk about that. But we there. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, that's it. Cool. Awesome. Bye. Bye, dude.